you are listening to We Woke Up Like This. I'm Reverend Joya. And I'm Reverend Celia. And we, we are loyal to loving and supporting soul awakening in every human being. On this episode of We Woke Up Like This, we discuss a lot about what it means to be in your purpose, expand your consciousness, and step into your heart's intelligence. And just as a trigger warning or for young ears at around minute 38, we do discuss the topic of sexual abuse and speaking out against issues pertaining to that. Hello, everyone. I'm Joya. Hi, and I'm Reverend Celia. And here we are. Here we are. And here we are. And here we are. There's nowhere else to be. (laughs) (laughs) Except now. Except now. So we were having a wonderful conversation because, um, well, first of all, we talk all the time, as we've mentioned, and we were going through some stuff. So we're wondering, and we are assuming and thinking that anybody else doing this work is also going through the stuff because energetically- We're going through the stuff. We're going through the stuff. On the planet. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're doing the work, you're going through the stuff. (laughs) And thinking the stuff and allowing the stuff to go and lift and release. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So I wanted to recap um, the end of chapter one that we read together. The way that calls you home was the way of the heart calls you home. Yes. And this is, this is for me personally, the work or the allowance, I should say, of doing this work. And you know, what's really funny is, um, Chris, who's my husband, he and I watched this movie that was really a stupid movie. But however, there was this scene in the movie where they're like being really dramatic and the guy climbs up on top of this wall and then he's trying to lift his friend up over the wall and he's like, I can't lift you over. You're too heavy and you're going to die. And he's like, just go without me. Go without me. So then he like falls off the other side of the wall and he hurts himself. And then his friend looks sideways and goes, oh, I could just walk around the wall. And he walks around and goes, oh. You can walk around. And I'm like, that's exactly what I'm experiencing. Exactly. With my heart opening. Yes. The easy way. The easy way. Yes. Versus the climbing over and making it hard. And having, being, having my eyes so focused on the wall that I create the wall as the problem. Well, and then the wall can sometimes get thicker. Yeah. Because I've made it the thing. Right. Yeah. I hear you. Yeah. Yeah. It's beautiful. Uh, We hope this makes sense to you people who are listening, but, um, and if not be in question of it, like what that means, what what that might mean for you. Yeah. What kind of walls are you building that you're making the wall, the thing rather than softening into your own heart and being compassionate with yourself and loving and gentle and moving your eyes away from the wall to see what else might be there inside of you yeah inside of me inside exactly so the first energetic exercise which i'm finding so fascinating and this is what always happens when i've noticed this when celia and i commit to doing growth work together that what we're going through or what we're studying becomes the work that we offer offer and start or start going through and this first energetic exercise was I, I wrote it as an affirmation but it's actually the third paragraph on page 11 and i wrote it as there is nothing worth holding on to any longer that keeps my peace happiness at arm's length see what arises and practice the let go which is look embrace and transmute which was in the other chapter in the other paragraph love it Repeat the mantra until the mind and heart are clear. I am committed to the experience of happiness. I give permission to Allah to sweep the basement clean. 
It's beautiful. And that was chapter one. That was chapter one. And this is our chapter one talk. And in giving the permission to sweep the basement clean, I have certainly been having the basement be swept clean. And it's kicking up all the little dust bunnies that I was coughing on and choking on and crying on for a little while there. Whoa. I just finished the, I think it was like 15 day stint of being in bed and high fever and allowing it to burn. And just allowing myself to feel 800 pounds and feel the ache in my bones for the things and the places and the the yearning. I'm going to call it a, a deep yearning inside of me and just allowing that to go. I mean, mm. I still feel weak. And, <laughs> and when I say that, I mean weak as in from a strength perspective of being able to um, carry the heavy load. It's, it feels lighter. I feel lighter mm. and I'm noticing like a clarity that I haven't had before and just allowing myself the space to feel and being accountable for my own feelings and not making them outside of me, but literally in the embrace, that's the sweetness. That's where the sweetness can come in. So not just being willing to look at it, I could look at it all day. Mm. But if I don't hug it, hug it out, bitches. Yeah. <laughs> in your own emotions. Your, in little, your, own, your little bits inside are like. In the little bits, in yeah. all the places that I'm bugged. Yeah. You know, where, where, and then that's the like self-acknowledgement. And that's how we get to the accounting of what's true inside. Whew. And sometimes, like, I don't know about you, but I feel that in my body, like in my chest cavity, yes. underneath my, yes, in my, like, just my solar plexus, I notice such a deep tenderness. And then right above, I think that's called the sternum. sternum. I'm no doctor, but yeah. It's where your yet, but where your heart chakra is. Yes. Yeah, so this is it. So this yeah. is like it's not just me. It's the world, and it's the heart that keeps time. It's yeah. not a clock. It's yeah. the ticker inside. It's the ticker. Yeah. It's so fascinating to me. It's so tender for me, and it's really interesting to be allowing myself to be tender because I closed off my heart so long ago. But even this morning when I was sharing with you what was going on, and I was like, I think that, and you said, do you think or do you feel? Boom. And I was That's like, it right like, there. Damn it. Analytical mind. And then you yeah. were like, I hate I you. Hate you. <laughs> <laughs> and I know she doesn't hate me. However, it was a great opportunity to say, that's why we're in the work right? Like, because I'm not going to allow you to cheat yourself and yeah. I'm not going to cheat myself by not saying what's true, yeah. which for me is a tender place inside of the little truth teller I was born to be mm. and being punished when I said the thing that was true that nobody else wanted to acknowledge. And, and the narcissism that's wrapped up in that, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. and thank God for study. Because without study, without checking it out and verifying it against my own experience, I can't actually get to the wisdom that's inside my soul. Yeah. Wow. There's a lot there. It's juicy. You just said and the and this for me, this whole dismantling 
I just, I've had this really interesting understanding of this dismantling of the ego and how my ego is arguing for my smallness. Oh, your limitations. That's so hot. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's really fascinating because since I've committed to stop drinking and I've committed to stop binge eating. So I've stopped both of these things for the last three weeks. It's today's day 22 for both of those things. Beautiful. Congratulations. It's a master number, by the way. Oh, it is. You're right. Oh, it's in year 2022. But it's been, I'm not going to say it's been easy because it hasn't. And because it's like, I have to sit now. These two outlets that I've always had. As coping mechanisms. As coping mechanisms. coping mechanisms. Completely. To numb me. To make me escape from how I'm feeling. Or disconnect from the body. Or or disconnect from the body so I don't feel anything. The numbing. And then I'm, so the, the, and I notice what that uh, hamster wheel was that it was like, I would either binge eat mm-hmm. or I would binge drink. Mm-hmm. So not at the same time, but usually like if I wasn't doing one, I was doing the other mm-hmm. so that I had this constant negative narrator in my voice berating me and, uh, chastising me about the binging episode, whether it was the drinking or the food, but that narrator, that voice is became the, let's say, I don't want to say excuse, but maybe the excuse or the the thing that took place, or maybe you might have some better words for this when I say what it feels like to me, that that became a substitute. That became the substitute for really looking at the wounding and the pain, the deeper issues that want to be revealed and healed and transmuted in the light. And instead of looking at those things, I created this false identity to become the thing that I constantly had going in my mind so that that took over the constant thinking, constant obsessing about food, constantly about food since I was like eight, like that became the thing like, Oh, here's the thing that we can obsess about. And so now I've taken those things away that the voice has now moved into like more deeply personal attacking. Like I shared with Celia, like in doing that, who are you to do a podcast? Oh, who are you to talk about mastery? Who are you to go to this, go teach drumming or sound healing or anything else that I'm doing? And, but, but the reality is of that is like, who am I not to? Yeah. And I've been noticing that instead of listening to this voice and allowing it to send me into a rabbit hole of darkness that I've been I've been responding to this voice instead of listening to this voice. And I've been talking back to it and that I've cultivated, which is why I'm feeling so tender and sensitive is that I've cultivated this super deep feeling of compassion and sadness toward this part of myself that ever felt like it needed to do that. And I'm getting emotional. Uh, It's okay. Just let it come. And I'm just going to let it be on the podcast because I'm, it's what's real. It's what's real right now. And and to, and the fact that I feel this compassion for it. And mm-hmm. I, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm treating myself, this part of myself with love and tenderness and kindness and not running away from it, not numbing it. Even though every bone in my body is like, I want to pack all my stuff and get in my car and go drive across the country because I just want to run away. Yeah. <laughs> and, and the beauty, I just want to acknowledge the beauty in your tears you know, we're not taught that tears are beautiful, but they are. And they're made up of 
cleansing elements of water and salt. And I know when you look at different tears under the microscope, you can see the different formation based on the emotion that's behind the tears. We are such beautiful, complex beings. And just without any judgment attached to it, for the little one, for the teenager, for the adolescent, I think, is that the same thing as the teenagers or like in between the young adult? Yeah. Inside that went through the experience of thinking that they were less than perfect, that in any way that you were less than perfect. Uh, And what a brilliant solution to not have to deal with that. That I was like, as a young child, I was like, you know what? I can't deal with this because I know this is not true and I can't fight with this. So I'm going to lock this part of me away and put this part in place that's going to become the focus, which is food. Yes. That's going to become what I focus on. And how beautiful is it in this moment to understand that in the breakthrough is allowing that part of you to come forward now for the wholehearted, heartfelt call that you have on your life to be of service in the world as we speak these very words. Yes. And And we're in this deep connection. Oh, I'm so grateful. And yesterday I shared with Celia that I went up to, to escape the awful heat of air of the desert. I went up to the mountains and there was this beautiful little field of butterflies on all these wildflowers. And I walked over there and I was just watching them and I put my finger down to, and hoping one would climb up on my finger and then it flew away. And then it promptly made a U-turn when it was about five feet from me. I watched it just like turn around and I put my hand out and it landed right on my hand. She was flirting with you. (laughs) Nature flirts. Oh, I love it. I love it. Then my friend, I sent me a message this morning. She said, oh, I looked up what that symbolizes. And oh, it touched my heart and it touched Celia's heart too. That she said, if a butterfly lands on you, it can symbolize that the universe is saying you can be trusted with delicate things. And then we made an affirmation and the affirmation that we would like to offer you is this. I am trusted with delicate things. I am trusted with delicate things. My heart being the most delicate thing I can be trusted with. Well, and it is, I mean, it is the, it is the most, um, number one, it's the number one killer, the heart, right? Heart disease is the number one killer of all people on the planet. Yes. And that is because we shut the heart away. The heart hardens. The heart, the arteries harden. Yes. The vitality can't flow through the heart. And some of that is formed in the mind. It's so true. And I've had this fear for a while that I'm like, I'm killing myself with this feeling, with having my heart shut down and with having this agreement that I made as a young person that I was like, I'm not going to feel anything. And Mm. I really don't want to be here. That was, and I'm like, Oh, I'm, I cancel. That's why I'm like, I cancel clear and delete that agreement that I made. I hear you. Yeah. I canceled and cleared that very agreement myself. Feeling is actually the single most important thing that we can do as human beings. It's the thing that connects us not just um, energetically, but in the, um, in our inner sense, in the inner sense of who we're created to be in the spark of the divine. 
Yeah. And that's really interesting you say that because with all of the conversations going on around the AI and mm -hmm. um, the AI is going to overtake humanity, blah, blah, blah. And, but the only thing that the AI can't do that it's we can feel. do is feel and love. Right. That's right. It can just be analytical. Well, and that's the analytical mind. But, you right. know, so on this topic, I, I love this, that we're exploring into this area because I've been looking at you know, going back to chapter one to look so that I can embrace um, is that artificial intelligence is just another language, theoretically, right? Like it's a language of the brain. And we are, when we're born, we are matter. Yes. And it's brain matter. However, it's our mind, what we digest with our mind, what we choose to study, what we choose to learn. However, we learn it, right? Sometimes it's the hard lessons. Sometimes there's knowledge in a book. And then truing that up with what our experience is, we have the capacity to change anything with the power of our mind. Yeah. Letting go of limiting beliefs. Right. Choosing to get with any misidentification, any misunderstanding that we have held inside of our body, in our heart which then can change our mind. And yeah. therein lies the like capacity to open and expand to greater understanding, which mm -hmm. is why we're here to understand one another and to relate to one another. And that's where the feeling comes. Yeah. You can't feel in a bubble. I cannot feel in a bubble. Yeah. I can't. Yeah. Like then you're just thinking, then you're feeling about your own thoughts, right? So it's like, it's, it's an interesting circle or cycle that we can get in when you would get caught in our own heads. Well, and it's an analytical conversation. It's yes. like point A to point B. There's only one way to do this. And this is right. the line and the trajectory, yeah. but that's actually not true. When I go to point A to point B, I'm at B and I get to choose if I want to go to C or if I want to go to B plus one or B minus one. <laughs> <laughs> Graphing it all out. <laughs> I, and all this, exactly. Yeah. And literally it looks like the flower of life. Well, exactly. That's the whole point, right? That if we're going in a circle, we're just staying stuck. We're not growing. We're not, we're not expanding. No. And on the flower of life, the way that you draw it, is when you move to, you know what, I'll create a little video and yeah, link it to a YouTube video. And we actually did that in the we studio did. one day um, because we were talking about yeah. how um, flowers, right? Like, and then the flower of life, how that looks like the universe yeah. and how the stars are connected. Like it was this beautiful expanded experience. So I think that would be huge value. Yeah. How it all unfolds. And that, and what I love is that in sacred geometry, those points when you spring off and you move from your center, when you move the center, when you move the center of awareness yes, to the, to the outside of the line that you just drew, that becomes your, they call it the coincidence point, yes. which I love. So it's coincidence, right? A coincidence is your coincidence. And it's that spring off point from the center of you where you're now creating new patterns, new growth. Well, that's the opportunity, expansion. but only if we choose to get into alignment with this. Correct. There's also this other experience where you can take a box. I was talking with my dear friend, Angie yesterday, and we were talking about how you could be in um, the space of a box 
two different points left to right across this is compromise the line of compromise but when you're in the line of compatibility the distance between in your box becomes more of a dance because mm-hmm. you're able to move into alignment with one another in the space of compatibility and not an opposition and not an opposition and no, and compromise yeah. so i just was really looking at like where i have compromised and not been accountable for my feeling mm-hmm. in the experience and somebody says to me what do you think and i thinking to me is like obsolete all of a sudden. (laughs) Literally at dinner last night, somebody said, oh, what do you think about this topic? And I said, well, you mean, what do I feel about it? I feel like this is a way to create more dissension and separation in the world. And the blank stare that came across the table (laughs) at me was like, I can't even go there. And that's okay. And that's okay. And it is okay. We're just not having the same resonance in the conversation because one is a thinking and the other one is a noticing from a different point of view. Hmm. Yeah. I love that in chapter one or lesson one, it was the way of the heart. Like that's before you can even go on. You got to get with your heart. You got to get with your heart. And it's like, you can just, you know, if you're reading and you're not feeling, keep reading chapter one until you get with the heart. Right. And it's like, and I, and this is a course of study. So it I is like a course of being studying. able to go back and look at and feel into what it is. Wow. And look at what I just turned the page to. What I'm like, what? To? Make your commitment to trusting your creator for having set before you a pathway that leads you home and you will indeed arrive at home. Commitment means you don't get to leave the room when the shouting begins. The shouting we're speaking of is the shouting within your own mind, within your own body, within your own emotions. That you will stay with these things by being honest about them and loving yourself for ever having the power to even create such insane perceptions of yourself and the world around you. That's right. And that's really like, this is, I'm so grateful that I've been doing the work. And that's, I mean, that's the point of this, right? And this, the way of mastery is that, yes, I'm ready to step into. Well, you already have, or we wouldn't be doing this. Well, and that's exactly it, right? So going deeper into what you already know. Correct. Standing. Yes. Tall and clear. Yes. About what it is and what it isn't. And it's more and more and more about this. Perf- not, and when I say perfecting, I don't mean being perfect no. because there's no such thing as perfect. And I like the Aramaic word for perfect, which is gamir. And it means something striving to be what it can be. Exactly. And that's the energy of perfection. It's like, I really feel this vibration and this energy of the desire and the desi- that desire being the greatest desire I have to step into the fullest expression of what and who I was put here, chose to come here and was created to be here to be. And I so hear you. I hold it a little bit differently. Um, I hold it as excellence, my expression Mm. of beauty and excellence in the world and how that shows up in my life and how I create even from that messiness, whatever the messiness is, the greatest beauty that I'm capable of in the expression of who I am supposed to be on the planet at this particular time, in the expanded 
expanded version of what that is. The expanded version. Yes, because then that is expansion of consciousness. Yeah. And like to be able to know that like all of the stuff that I went through being raised by a white family when I'm actually half black and in my body, right? Like in setting myself up for that is actually the perfect perfection point, the excellence of the beauty that I am both the yin and the yang, literally mm. in the embodiment of who I am on the planet at this time. That's beautiful. And I've become the standard of beauty when you open up a magazine. Like, <laughs> if you would have told me that when I was like eight years old, I'd be like, no way. Right. Hey, There's supermodel. no way, yeah. supermodel, <laughs> that I would do commercials, that yeah. I would do print work, that I would be in websites and like have because all Because you these... don't look like everybody else. You're memorable. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. But there was, when I was little, I get it. I felt like so terrible yeah. about myself. I get it. And I, yeah, yeah. I know you do. I, I so do. appreciate I that do. you do. And I'm sure that the listeners get that. They and get it everybody too. has it in their own way. And that's the thing that connects us is that everybody's dealing with the same things. Yeah, because we're all set up by, I'm going to say by media companies who decide what the standard of beauty gets to be. Advertising is so fascinating. Isn't it? It's oh like, let's marketing. dictate to society what to think. Okay, let's put this out in the world. Got it. Done. And it's absurd if you think about it. Well, and the paradigm is shifting. This the paradigm is, the is shifting. It is yes. so shifting. And yes. it shifted, I think, a long time ago. It's more about, again, that bo- back to that box of yeah. like compromising our views and where we're where we're in the space of compatibility with what's true. What's yeah. true is that if I strip off all of my skin, I am red. You too. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm all veins and muscles under there. We're all veins and about? muscles. And, yeah. This is just this just happens like, to be the color of my external suit. organ. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And it is it isn't it interesting too that our skin is our largest living organ yes. on our body. I'm like, do people not get that? Like this is just another organ of the body. It is in in the cosmic experience yeah. called life. Like it's we're we're just another organ in the body of the planet. Right. Yes. And the planet is an organ in the body of the solar system. So and the solar system is an organ in the body of the galaxy. Yeah. It's and so my, on. And, and so, so on, on. As above, so below. That's right. Right. So I wanted to talk about, I jotted this down because um, this is what we were talking about earlier. Okay. About this heart coming into the heart and these lessons that you've been through this week and that I've been going through this week in the last couple of weeks. Um, and that lesson being... Stop being, and I wrote down, stop being the person who's breaking your own heart. That's right. And I love that. And what I love about that is that um, I'll, I'll share a story. When I was about 14 years old, I walked into a grocery store and I saw a man. And I was like, oh, my God, I just loved him, like, in an instant. Like, love at first sight. Soul recognition is Mm -hmm. essentially what I'm talking about here. That's how I have it. Yeah. And somebody else may not have it that way, but that's how I have it. There was such a love of him. Anyway, I would go on later in life to have him be my boyfriend, and then I would dump him. And then I (laughs) would go on again and have that same experience later in my early 20s and then dump him again. But what I noticed is that I was actually dumping myself Mm. because that was the expression of love, pure goodness, loving, 
but because of the way I'm organized inside in my beliefs and understanding of who I was at that time, I could not open to love. Yeah. In one of our, <clears throat> after my sister died, I reached out to him because my sister came to me in a dream. And I had this experience where it was just like asking the universe about true love. And then the answer was that this man loved me that way. And then I understood that I had broken my own heart, but that's what it took for me to wake up mm. was to wake up within the heartbreak of my own heart. And that put me on the course of study that I am ultimately feeling into now, Wow! right? Like ever more deep, ever more and to keep going and to keep going and because I am the keeper of my heart and you're the keeper of your heart, but we're also the keeper of each other's heart. So to make amends to another heart when there has been deep um, upset, hurt, to be in acknowledgement and accountability for the part that we play against ourselves and then against the other person, they're just showing us how we've hurt ourselves. Mm, That's it. Yeah. If everything's a mirror. Exactly. Yeah. And that we're a reflection of the beauty that we are in the world. Yeah. Beautiful. It's fascinating. It blows my whole mind. I'm like, what? I know. It <laughs> Which does. is what I've asked for, to be honest. I asked God. <laughs> I was like, could you blow my mind in the best sense? Not like I want to like go to a, um, a different plane that of you existence. always say with ease and grace. With yes. ease and grace. Yes. <laughs> yes. And then to like have the knowing and the noticing and the, the gifts of that. Yeah. And to this day, we are very good friends. So beautiful. It is. I made an amends to my own heart. Yeah. I brought that love to me again. Mm -hmm. And this time in the looking and then the embracing. And what was the other thing? I forget. Transforming. The transforming. Yeah. Yes. And this is how I choose to fly now. Same deal with the husband, you know? Yeah. I look at him all the time. Like, what's he showing me? What part of me gets to be fully accounted for? fully embraced and like what forgiveness do I get to give myself because I you know chose against myself mm. yeah but then yet goodness comes from all oh things. my god are you kidding he's yeah. the he's the baby daddy yeah good he's, things come from all and things. he's a great dad right like and and he is the reason why I was able to bring the sacred masculine through me So that, I mean, do you feel like there's anything else we need to add to the conversation about the heart opening? And I just love that we've both been going through this heart opening and expanding and letting go and looking at. Well, and allowing the tenderness allowing to be it. on top. You know, I, I have a final thought here. And that is, is that people think that to be soft is a weakness when actually it is the softness that is the most resilient. It's the thing that doesn't break. Yeah. It's the thing that, that can rebound. Yeah. And bounce, baby, bounce. <laughs> right. And that's like in my prayer this morning before, like Celia and I always say a little prayer and call them light before we hop on our podcast. And I said, you know, in this recognition that my friend sent me about that's the universe saying you can be trusted with delicate things that yes. I also added, give me the strength 
to be trusted with delicate things because it's, it's, it's like that interesting balance that in order to be trusted with something delicate, I have to be strong enough to hold it. That's right. Yeah. And I have, excuse me, that we've been trained. We have been trained by our lives, literally trained. And that's the beauty is being able to look at the training. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Who was doing the training? Like, exactly. Oh my gosh. Okay. So who was doing the training? And in the training, <laughs> you know, it made me think of a circus immediately. Yeah. Like how they tie up baby elephants. Whoops. Yeah. And then they don't, and then they stop tying them because the baby elephant has learned it's tied up. So right. it doesn't try to run away. No. Right. And I'm like, I don't want to be a, a tied up baby elephant anymore. I want to be like, oh, look, I'm untied. Bam. I'm out of here, bitches. <laughs> <laughs> and with that. <laughs> But you know what I mean. I do. And the same thing with like a flea circus. They put the lid on the fleas until, and then they take the lid off and that's how they train them because then the fleas learn they can't jump any higher than that lid and they'll never jump out of the container again. Fascinating. I didn't even know anything about that. Yes. It's so fascinating that everything Mm. is conditioned. But look at that. That's a consciousness. What you've just described are different states of consciousness. So it's like, where have I been bound? Conditioned. Exactly. Yes. And what is the limiting belief underneath that? And then how do I eradicate that inside of my heart, in my own tenderness, in my own forgiveness of myself? Uh, And in any way that I am choosing to break my own heart, or I notice that that voice in my head is arguing for my smallness. Yes. And go do the hard thing. That it's a lie. It is. That's where the lie is. That's where the conditioning is. That is. And to be able to have the courage to turn around and look at it instead of listening to it and obeying what it says, right? And and I love that William James, the, the grandfather of psychology, said one of my favorite quotes in the whole world. And he said, uh, most of humanity's problem is that they are busy listening to themselves instead of talking to themselves. And it's like mm-hmm. when you can hear that voice and you can or feel those feelings that are coming up and you can take a pause and instead turn and face it. Yeah. Instead of obeying it. Right. I'm like, oh, my gosh, my voice is saying I need to go stuff my face in some Oreos. I better go do that. And I would always say, Celia, like the craziest thing about binge eating is that I would like I'd wake up in the morning completely determined to not do Do it. it. Mm -hmm. And then by like three or four o'clock, here I am doing it. And I would feel like that the consciousness of me who doesn't want to do it had checked out. And yeah. that this other autopilot consciousness had come on board. The autopilot. That's right. What I do, what I always do, because yes. if I do what I always do, I know what I'm doing. And somewhere in there was that little voice that was like, okay, okay. Conscious voice that says you want to, that you want to stop doing this. Ha ha ha. We're not going to let you feel anything. Let's go eat some Oreos. Okay. I can't help it. Oh, we'll yeah. start tomorrow. We'll, we'll, we'll do this. Tomorrow. Oh, next week. We'll do it next Monday. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, I know. And that's the sabotaging, right? Like that's the sabotage, the saboteur, darling. I'm telling you, I'm 51. So that means that I have had um, a lot of training, 40, <laughs> 40 years plus yeah. of obeying that voice. Yes. Until now. Until now. Yeah. You're Until breaking now. the pattern. So um, beautiful. Completely, uh, I've broken the pattern before, but it was still very controlled, but I was still obsessive about food. Yes. But this is like the freedom from it because I'm like, well, as Ron and Mary taught us, how you relate to the relate issue, to issue is, is, is the issue. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, the issue is not the food. No. And my husband has even said, he's like, you've overcome so much in your life. I've never seen anybody so strong and so resilient to overcome the things that you've overcome that you can't 
overcome food. And he said, it's almost like you've made the easiest thing the hardest thing. Wow. That's fascinating. And I was like, whoa. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there was a lot there to unpack about that, making the yes. easiest thing the hardest thing, because it's like subconsciously, like deeply, it was like, oh, this will be easy to overcome. This is just a, isn't that fascinating what our minds do? Yes, we're very complex and very um, intelligent creatures. Because it is an easy thing. I mean, on, the, on the surface. What you're talking about is a discipline yes, of the mind. Yes, yes. Disciplining the mind and like checking in and asking, is this really creating the life I want? Or is this keeping me in bondage? Because that's what we're talking about is bondage of the spirit. Yeah, and it's disciplining the mind to be in service of the open heart. That's right. And then that requires opening the heart. Yeah. And that, for me, personally, oh, has now been we're a terrifying Okay, now ordeal. we're here. And we're here, we're here in that place of, um, I was talking to you earlier today about full contact intimacy. Yes. Yeah, yes. intimate on every level and being willing. I used to be so terrified of this. So terrified of this. Yeah. Yeah. I, I didn't feel like I could trust myself. Yeah, so how could I trust another person? So how could I possibly trust another person with like all my dark secrets? And right? all of these like, strangers that are listening and to like, us right now. They're all <laughs> right. Just like, you know. And and in even like minor things, like yeah. to just like speak the truth of of the the thing I know is true that nobody wants to say. It that right there created such a pattern of self-doubt inside of my spirit that I just completely shut my heart down. Yeah. Because what if I said, <laughs> what if I said the thing, then people will hate me. What if, right. And like, that's actually the, that's actually the hot button right there. I just read for me. I just read something the other day, um, a couple days ago. And it said, um, I'm going to paraphrase cause I don't remember exactly what it said, but it said something along the lines of, um, not speaking your truth to keep comfortable the feelings of others. That's right. Is a self, a form of self-harm. Exactly. So this is how I've abused myself. Mm -hmm. This right here, right here. So I have a huge responsibility to myself when I'm in any kind of a public situation where there is injustice being served based on people's color and their station in life to speak to that. Mm. And yeah. that can get real uncomfortable, especially at this particular time in the world. Yeah. But that's why I'm here. Yeah. Is to say, hey, no, that's not going to work. That's so important, Celia. And it's, um, that's something that I've definitely worked on too. And until 2020, I, re I was really like, oh, who cares? Everybody can have their own, let people think what they want to think. And who cares? It doesn't affect me. And it, now, but that's the privileged point, right? Like it doesn't really affect you. Yeah. But guess yeah. what? I'm affected on both sides. But and no it, matter where I go, I'm at effect. Yeah. And it's, and it's actually also not the privileged point so much as it is a denial point. Well, I'm also privileged within my black culture. True, because you, you know, because I I am light skinned yeah. and I can pass for white, yeah. and that is a privilege. Yeah, no matter where I go, I can like make that work, which is one of the things I love about myself. I'm yeah. a chameleon; you can put me anywhere. Mm, me too. So great. I find myself very much speaking out up against um, 
And the first time I really did it was this guy. I'd never met him. We were like just out in a group situation. And this guy told a joke, a joke. And I put yeah, this in air quotes. Air quotes. Yeah, the uh, joke. That was about. Not a joke. It was a joke about uh, uh, sexual molestation. Oh, that's that he thought funny. was Yeah. And I just looked at him. I said, there is absolutely nothing funny about that. Not if, you've, and, if you've been through that, you know that that's not funny. And he was like, you don't have to be such a bitch about it. And I said, you don't have to be such a weirdo. And I said, you know what? You can leave our table. I don't even want to be in your presence anymore. Because Oh, because then he's like, no, first he said he was sorry. He's like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It was a bad taste. And then his friend goes, oh, what was the joke? I didn't hear. And he goes, oh, I'll tell you later. And that's when I said, I said, you can leave. Yeah, bye. And it's like, so that when it comes to that kind of stuff, I've been very outspoken Mm -hmm. and vocal about I notice it everywhere, Celia, the 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 rape culture and the innuendos. The sexual Huge. innuendos that are out there that are laughed off. And especially like in sitcoms and oh, media, yeah. like they make jokes all the time. And again, I put it in air quotes because they try to normalize it and desensitize people. Right. Like it's supposed to be okay, but it's not it's okay. It's not okay. And it re- and to me, I'm like, no, I'm speaking out against that stuff because it's not okay. It isn't okay. It's not okay. And it makes people who have been through it, which is what, three out of five people? Minimized marginalized. Yeah. Like, Oh, maybe it wasn't that big of a deal. Maybe I'm making too big of a deal out of my weird uncle. Well, truthfully, statistically speaking, um, and I don't have hard statistics on it. I just know that they're high and I could get the statistics and and they're mind blowing in my own experience. When I was studying at the school of womanly arts in New York city, there was an exercise where we were asked a series of questions about being molested, being raped, having abortion and like the the women would stand up stand up if, if you, you have yeah. x yes sit, sit stand up if you have had this stand up if you have had that and i'm going to tell you that like even talking about it now i have chills all over my body the amount of abuse that women have suffered in this country is absolutely astounding to me yeah and the whole not speaking about it perpetuates the, the problem. Yeah. And men. Men have been abused too. I'm yeah. not saying that. Yeah. I, I, what I am saying underneath all of that is the speaking part, the part where we're responsible. I'm responsible and accountable for not speaking up. Yeah. That's exactly it. And because it's and because it's just oh that's a whole other po- podcast topic, but it's it's um yeah, it's about that speaking up and then choosing to stay silent is choosing to break your own heart. And in a way, that's true. However, I will tell you, um, I have both been silent from the place that we're talking about the silence where the shame, humiliation and degradation um, in in the misidentifications and the self-doubt have kept me silent. And then I have been listening from my heart in the silence. And those are different things. Those are different levels of consciousness. And when I listen from that place, what I hear is the pain of humanity from being Mm. disconnected. Yeah. So I, for me, part of this experience of knowing that I get to do it, right? Like when we were saying, why are you doing what you're doing? I'm, I'm leaning into why. Yeah. The why is because I've been silent and I know what it means to be silent and I'm choosing to listen from a different place inside of myself and speak to anybody right now who may be listening, who has felt marginalized, abused, abused, questioned your own sanity, (sighs) 
sanity, been on the brink of hurting themselves in ways that we haven't articulated. Feel totally numb. To be numb. Yeah. To all of that, to say that I love you <laughs> and I get it. Yeah, me too. And I'm. we're here. We're yeah. here. We're, we're willing and we're being open. And this is why we're talking about we woke up like this because this, this is the journey. It's messy. It's it's a process. It's not... And it's sacred. It's sacred. It's not necessarily all rainbows and unicorn farts. It's definitely not that. Although there is deep magic in it. It's like you go through, you go through the the stuff and then there's the relief of the growth and then you go through the stuff again and then there's the relief of the growth. And so every time I feel like now that I've gone through, um, honestly on my healing journey with healing a lot of the childhood trauma that I've already healed. Yeah. Um, that now the growth, it still hurts. It's still not fun, but it's not, it's more tolerable if that makes sense. Yeah. I understand that. Yeah. I, I experienced that. Maybe because now I have the wisdom of knowing that this is the shadow work and that on the other side of the shadow work is more expansion and more light. That's right. Yeah. And without the acknowledgement of the darkness, you it's impossible to shine bright. Yeah. And I, if there's one thing I really dislike in the spiritual community that I see out there a lot is bypassing the spiritual bypassing of the shadow work and the growth and people like, you don't have to do shadow work. Uh, yeah, you do. You have to, you have to shine light on all of your dark places. Well, darkness is just the absence of light. Right. And yeah. it also holds all the color. Like when we get yes. down to color yes, theory, yes, yes. right? It's so all like, additive or subtractive. Exactly. Yeah. And then there's like the degree of what I want to look at something or be with something, the degree, because we're choosing all the time. Yeah. Just because we're offered a divine path doesn't mean we're going to go on the in the divine will of the divine path. And that's where, like, that's a coincidence point. That is a coincidence point. Where you get to choose. And that's why doing this work, what we said earlier, that when I heal, I heal the world. That's right. When I heal, I heal the world too. And that's actually proven on the quantum level oh, to yes, be a fact. I know. Mm -hmm. It's so true. beautiful. Yeah. So it's, yeah, the hundredth monkey effect. I'm happily oh, yeah. being a monkey. A monkey. <laughs> I'll, I'm a, I will swing on that branch, I'm a baby. Monkey. Give me my banana. <laughs> I'm a healing monkey so that all the hundred monkeys on the other side of the planet can heal and be like, why do I all of a sudden feel better? Oh, because right. the monkey on the other side of the world did some work. Well, yeah. And the other beautiful thing is, is that by talking about it, we open up conversations inside yes. that maybe others wouldn't be having Oh my gosh. because we risk you know, being of service. Yeah. And look what I wrote in here. What's it say? I wrote shame is a fungus. It grows better in the dark. It sure does. <laughs> Brene Brown would love that. She would love that. I should send it to her. You should. And it, a little it's Petri a, dish. It's but yeah. Here's, here's my little Petri dish of fungus. That's my fungus like, here's all my a shame, fungus among us. My shame fungus. That's so hot. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. I mean, it's the opening of the heart. That's this, that's, the, heart's that's the, way. the shadow work. The heart is the way. The returning home to the heart is the shadow work. That's the path. Yeah. I never understood that for a long time. Mm. I didn't get it. I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I don't even know if I have it now. I'm just in, in the process. Well, I mean, I haven't gotten it, but at least I, I know I'm on the path. Yeah, for now sure. I'm like, okay, at least I've finally found the path instead of trying to 
bypass it. Oh no, gotta be in it. <laughs> by thinking about it. And you can't think it. yourself into a new vibration. You, you can't cannot. think yourself into a new way of being. No. Yeah. And a lot of people, me included, for many years, just content living in my brain and in my ideas of things rather than being mm. it in the world. Profound. I wrote down the other day that um, just because I think it doesn't make it true. Totally. It, that's not true. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a, just a leading thought. And that's, a, um, oh, what was her name? Byron Katie, that practice. Which is? Is this true? How oh, do I know it's how true? How do I know it's true? What's the, what proof do I have that this is true? Is this just my own thinking or is this true? Oh my God, it's my own thinking. It's my own perceptions. Exactly. And then what decisions have I made based on that information? Oh, everything. Because our brains do nothing but inhibit and... (laughs) Oh, the brain. The brain. The neurons are only doing two things all the time. They're either inhibiting or they're activating. And they only think they're mostly inhibiting. So which means that it's deleting Delete, 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 delete. Not relevant to what I think. Not re- not relevant to my perceptions of reality. <laughs> it's delete, like a delete, pinball, delete, delete. pinball machine up it there. It totally pew, pew, pew. is. It's just like delete, delete. And then you only pay attention and notice and perceive whatever you already think is true about yourself. Ooh. So that's why it's so important to do this work so that you change your perception. Because as Dr. Wayne Dyer said, when you change the way you look at things, the things you look, look at change. change. That's right. And I it's 100% that. true. It's totally true. Because honestly... Some of the things that I used to be very concerned with, I don't give a flying beep about now. (laughs) (laughs) I just don't care. Yeah. I don't. I I don't care. Yeah. And I think that's the most beautiful part because it's created such, it is going for the freedom. That's exactly it right there. I'm like, how do I get free from this? I get to understand I'm actually not my skin. I'm not my hair. I'm not this body. What? It's just, um, it's just your fancy vehicle you get to my, ride around in. It's my ride. It's my hot ride and, for this planet at this time. And that the consciousness that's in the vehicle can change. All the time. All the time. Yes. And we can go higher and higher and higher. And I love that. And that's the work of fixing that brain that's telling us a story like, no, you need to stay shrunk in your small self. <laughs> <laughs> You're so dramatic. I love it. <laughs> I have a high approval for the drama. <laughs> well, if you can't laugh at yourself, I uh, who can you laugh? I know if it's it's uh, so important to it, laugh at it. Oh, because I know when I die, I'm gonna look back and I'm like, oh my gosh, I just put so much importance on such nonsense. Oh my goodness, I I'm, really. I hope I laugh at myself. I'm definitely yeah, laugh at myself. I laugh at myself all the time now. I'm like, did you really do that? What? Oh my God. Totally just did that. Yeah. Totally did that. (laughs) All right, dear listeners. We so appreciate you. Thank you for being on this journey and walking with your wide open heart with us. And we have got to work on, okay, I'm going to commit. I'll make a commitment. Uh I'm making the commitment. A verbal commitment. A verbal commitment. Okay. To get working on our, um, our community board so that people can come who want to, to share their experiences or to have deeper conversations around this, because it's, mm-hmm. I mean, I would love to have this conversation with other people. Where are you on your journey? Where are you on your heart opening journey? Have you been completely closed off and numb like I have been, or have you always been like so sensitive that you feel everything? 
I mean, there's like such a we spectrum. We can have a whole conversation about highly sensitive people. That's my child. That's me. Yeah. 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 And just like being able to feel things. And, and I think it was probably me too as a kid, which is mm-hmm. why I decided to lock myself away in, mm-hmm. in, in, in a fortress of cookies. <laughs> in your cookie fortress. <laughs> Gingerbread man's got nothing on you. That's right. All right. All right, little one. We're going to lock ourselves away in here because you're so sensitive. We're going to build a little cookie fortress. Cookie for it around you. Oh my god! Oh my gosh! I love cookies. Just look at the cookies. That's you don't have to worry about anything else. Just look at the cookies. Yeah. I have an uh, affirmation, which is eat the cookie. You do have an affirmation. Eat the cookie. That is eat the cookie. Because here's the thing: we're here to be in the pleasure of our lives, and yeah. we can eat the cookie without shutting off our heart. Well, and we can eat the cookie without having to eat the whole bags to numb out. And then there's or be numb. Yes. Yeah. However. Yeah. You know, or to make ourselves sick so that we focus exactly. on that now instead of instead focusing of on being in the pleasure and the yeah and the beauty of life. Mm. And this is vitality. And these are the conversations, obviously, that Celia and I love to have. And I know that there are probably so many other people out there who are dying to have these kinds of meaningful conversations and connections and connection. Yes, and that's what we are building. Yes. I'm not going to say want to build. We are building. Well, what's already happening. It's already happening. The other night at dinner, somebody was asking about our our podcast and I was like, oh yeah, I'm set to record tomorrow with Joya. And and then the response was, oh, that's happening. And I'm like, oh yeah, I'm in it. Like here we are. Yeah, it's happening. Yeah. We're committed. We are indeed. And because it's necessary. It is necessary. And I know that well, we already talked about the hundredth monkey, but I also know that there's a normalization process that happens when people listen to other people's stories that they go, oh my gosh, I hear, mm-hmm. that's me. And sometimes we don't have the language because we haven't been exposed to the language, which is, I'm so grateful for um, Dr. Aman Gohal. I met her. She was one of the women that I met um when I was studying at the School of Womanly Arts and we were doing this embodiment where we were going to S Factor and that's the work of Sheila Kelly and dropping into our bodies and our sensual beingness of what it means to be connected to that part of ourselves that is our sensual essence and bringing that forward on the planet. So this is like, I think, 2018 or 2017, something like that. But she had this ability to speak. And when she was talking, I'm like, that's how I feel. That's how I feel. You're naming it for me. And in the naming of it, I was able to open more deeply into what I knew but didn't have language for. So I hope that this is in service to that greatness. Me too. Because yeah. we need it. I mean, Completely. I needed it. Yeah. And isn't it interesting how we become the thing we want we always become the thing we want. Isn't that beautiful? That's why it's important to change our perceptions. So gorgeous. And because if we're foc- mm, if we're mm. if we're focusing constantly on the things that we don't want or the things we fear, we create the things we don't want and the things we fear. Oh yeah, I learned that in that one time I tried to date somebody and I was like, "Oh yeah." And then it was a no. And then it's not. <laughs> we it's usually like, learn it through relationships with Exactly. People, right? Well, we're meant to like again, be yeah. in deep intimate Full contact intimacy. Yeah. It's what we're here to do. The universe is like, here's that thing you asked for. Do you Ta-ta. really want it? Do you yeah. want it? Is, is this what you really want? So yeah, it's, and that's the whole point too. And this is is that talking about that desire to be the fully expressed 
version of myself I can be because I'm so expressive. I love, and I love that yours is beauty and excellence and mine is like expression. It's creative expression. It's dancing, it's singing, it's drumming, it's painting. It's, I do all that. It's expressing, right? But it's like, it's like this urge to express and that I find my freedom in it. Yes. I find my freedom. You most in the definitely expression. do. We are looking at the most beautiful <sighs> picture that Joya created. I love her. Thank One you. day when we were like, she's like, Will you trace me? I was like, yeah, I'll trace you. And then it became a process. So it did. I can't wait for us to do that workshop. This is going to be a workshop. Yes, this is definitely going to be a workshop because yeah. it's all about the painted lady. The chakras. <laughs> yeah, the whole, that's a whole other conversation. I know. So. But yeah, that's it's these conversations are service. And near and dear to our hearts. Yeah. It's important to have it. All right. So our next podcast will be lesson two. You create your own experience. I can't wait for that. So we'll see you there. Have a great day. Until then, open your heart. Be blessed. Bye. Thank you for listening to We Woke Up Like This. Don't forget to like and subscribe wherever you are listening to this podcast. Oh, and don't forget to drop us a comment and ask a question. And go to wewokeuplikethis.com to join the Soul Awakened community. See you next time. Bye. Bye.